What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Garage Frank Podcast, and I'm here with three-time co-author of the year. It's going to be four-time at some point. I feel like we've said that a hundred times. Whatever. It's coming just later than we thought about. Yeah. We need to just dial some stuff in. Yeah. King of the PA Press, Earl Kunkel. Yes. It's, I think it sounds better when you say King of the Pennsylvania Press. King of the Pennsylvania Press. I always wonder how many people know that we say, like, PA. I, I actually think a decent amount do. I just do I don't know. That. I'm not as well-traveled as you. <laughs> when you go over, like, Ubekistan. Yeah. Or you like, you're like, PA There's Press. There's a Z in there, by the way. Ubekistan. Uzbekistan. Uz. Ooze. Secret of the Uzbekistan. Yeah. Like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Do they know uh, that we say PA in Uzbekistan? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Clueless. I wonder if they know in like Dallas or Milwaukee even. Fort I Worth, would, Texas. I would think they probably do. Yeah. Like we right. know colloquialisms from like those areas. I don't know. I don't There's know. some weird stuff that I know that like. Those people so <laughs> from down yeah. south say. So like a Lehigh Valley thing that I heard in the Lehigh Valley is the idea of PA gray. Mm. Like just essentially the weather in PA, like it's gray all Not the time. Not as Michigan gray though. Isn't it? That doesn't roll off the tongue as well. Or but, Bethlehem. Yeah. Bethlehem is like. Yeah. Everybody around here says. Uh, in in Berks County, they say Bethlehem. Uh-huh. You can drive 20 miles that way. Everybody's saying Bethlehem. Bethlehem. And then I'm a Bethlehem, I think I say it. But then, like outside of this area, it's always Bethlehem. Yeah, the uh, give yourself away type of thing. Yeah, give it away each day. What are we talking about today, Dane? Do you do you remember? I have no idea. You have no idea. Yeah, that's a mistake. Just like these programming mistakes we're going to talk about okay. today. Programming and how to fix mistakes them. and verbal mistakes like Pennsylvania Dutch people saying use. Uh, I wanted to say I love quick. use. How do you spell it? Y O U Z E. You spell it with a Z. Yeah, some people I, spell it with an S. I spell it with an S. I think Z is like Gen Zers. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yesterday, one of the clients was. So if a Gen Z says use, it's with a Z. Z. Yeah. <laughs> one of the clients was was talking to Mason, and Mason looked at me, and he's, I mean, Mason, for those out there, he's from Virginia. He looks at me, and he's like, dude, her accent was so Pennsylvania thick. Because she said, like, what are you guys going to be doing then? Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, what are you guys going to be doing then? That makes complete sense to me. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like. Oh, it just means, like, what are you guys doing yeah. in regards to what you had previous, previously discussed two or three sentences prior? <laughs> yeah, what's coming up? What's next on the docket? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the town I grew up in, uh, hanging out there, like, Early twenties and stuff. Jimmy Thorpe, are we allowed to say that? Sure, whatever. It doesn't much. When are they going to change their town name? I, don't know, I guess maybe never. they won't because it'll be like, like a memorial to. Jimmy they have Thorpe. a memorial up there. They keep yeah. adding new statues all the time. They it have, is a nice town for a weekend. Yeah, yeah. Like Airbnb type tourists yeah, watch the leaves cool. fall. Growing up as a kid, there's not much to do outside yeah. going in the woods and getting in trouble type of thing. <laughs> Those um, are the best places. Yeah. <laughs> the. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, we're talking about people talking. <laughs> so when I was there, like, I never had trouble understanding people talk. And now, like, I'll run into people now and then, and I'm like, dude, I lost my ear for it. Like, yeah. I never even would notice it. I was, like, so, like, ingrained with it. Now I go in and I hear them just, like, sometimes I'm like, 
they just say what I think they said, how they right. said it. And it, it's neat to reflect on it. And it's not like nothing wrong with it. No, I, I know I still have carryovers with it and yeah. stuff sometimes too. Right. Um, so we're discussing programming mistakes. Um, what do you think is the biggest programming mistake that I've ever put into one of your programs? Uh, percentages for me, actually. And I think I asked for it. Um, I have the capability of like going off. Yeah. And I think I also may have been one of your first masters people too. That was somewhat reason could hit reasonable numbers. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think I could be consistent at heavyweights as often as like the younger guys could or younger so people. So you could. were the percentages and then I put them in there and I was basing and, it off of like Jake. Yeah, or like Jordan at the time. What I could and they were numbers I could hit. Right. But, but like asking me to work triples at like 110, like I had that one day in the week. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe in the cycle type of thing like for me where I was at like cuz I could go off and do something ridiculous. Like yeah. it, it just it didn't make sense how heavy I was working relative to what but I could do. But then the next day you might be thrashed. Yeah, or I could I got really good at my floor was like right up against my ceiling too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's probably also part of me from a athlete perspective. Like I will go ham and not think otherwise what's going to happen the next day. Yeah. I'll just figure it out the next day. Right. Um, but yeah, that might've been the one thing I, I've never been someone who gets, I don't get sore really. I don't struggle with volume. Um, the only thing that might get sore with me is my back, and it actually only bugs me squatting, back squatting, because um, my core will go before my legs go, like, and it goes way before I think my legs go for me. I'm thinking about right now off the top of my head, the biggest mistake I've made with men, I just want to throw this in there, Yvonne, Russell, Colt, Jake, we're all doing like sets of 10 back squats and like the first three weeks they were all blowing up killing everything so i was like yeah let's try and do this for like another yeah, you can't hold on to it too long and dude yvonne hurt his back russell hurt his hip colt quit weightlifting <laughs> and then jake hurt his back and it was literally all of them just got picked off yeah it's and to this day, Russell's still like, yo, remember when you had us doing that? And we all back squatted like 220 for 10. And then we all died like three like three weeks later. Yeah, it's like, it's yeah. like the idea of, uh, I guess technically it's a sub-maximal effort from the standpoint of like it's not a one rep. But the load's so much. Yeah, it it is a legit maximal effort. You end up, I guess, from like a GSPD standpoint, like you end up in a different different like durational strength characteristic that's being expressed there. Mm -hmm. Um, and because of that calculate, like I don't forecasting how that intensity plays out long term. Yeah. Right. So, okay. I know these are the, re the acute results that happen and happen fast. If I double down on this, will I get the same results fast? And it's like the shelf like life kind of is, very small yes and yep. you have to plan so from like a quad standpoint right for because you deal with athletes who think in quads yeah um it's like when can i give this dose 
when will it be the most effective towards sport? Is the goal for sport or is the goal just simply uh, weight room performance right now? Um, even though they're all weightlifters. So like it, it was completely sport derived, um, things like that. I can tell you, though, the one thing that you are the absolute best at, in my opinion, with programming. Just programming in general, being yeah. a strength and conditioning coach. I know. Well, <laughs> I'm going to get a little bit more niche and refined around this. Is was- As a weightlifter, and I bet even <clears throat> your throwers can speak to this too, understanding which movements, exercises make an athlete feel feel like they can conquer the world oh yeah yeah, yeah. um personal example uh, pause below the knee snatch yeah i could do the same amount i could snatch regular like it was my movement anytime i was coming into a peak it would show up in my programming anytime i start complaining to you like just in conversation and i'm not a complainer either too it would show up in a program it's like oh he needs to pick me up like it was just understanding athlete around like hey this is kind of what yeah they, the, uh, like a little bit of the emotional side but also like it might help you move better yeah and and clean up some of your pattern that's the, because you feel it so well yeah, yeah. I, I do agree with that i think that's and like that's like something i it's funny because dude it's funny you said this because sam had been begging me he, he's like one of the few people who hates one box everything but he really likes two box and he really likes going from the floor. So he'd been begging me and I was like, dude, I don't want to do two box stuff yet. But I like sort of just kept rolling and ignoring him. And then all of a sudden I'm like, all right, if I take Sam's program and I push his squat a little bit, I could piece in the two box work. And yesterday snatches 55 cleans 82 last week like 400 pounds what did he double on that back squat to yesterday that was 265 double and it's like and and he even said like he's like with his technique right now on the circle he's like wow i feel really good technique wise but like i've never had my technique this dialed in while i've been this strong with the technical coordination movements which is and anyone new listening, technical coordination movements in the garage strength program design are essentially what you think of as the Olympic weightlifting yeah. movements. Yep. Um, I guess more ballistic is some words people use about like it's a sport in and of itself to some people, but it just a lot of neural adaptation, yep. moving heavyweight fast. Um, the most maybe I'm wrong saying this, but most basic is like a trap bar deadlift with a dynamic effort. Maybe yeah, like a trap a jump. bar jump. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But also like a snatch, power uh, snatch. I think that's clean. A, I think that was fair. Okay, maybe a dumbbell jump if you had a yeah. little bit more weight. Yeah, I wanted to tell you before we we go into all this stuff. Um, uh oh, some other stuff. Um, sorry if I cut you off too on your train of thought. No, you didn't. I've been thinking about like, if you look at like that one clip I, I shared with you where it was like you know. Strength training is just GPP yeah. for athletes. That's all it is. It's just GPP for athletes. And so to me, that's that's almost saying there's like 0 to 10% specificity, and that's it. Like there's almost no carryover of specificity. And then you, if that's like the, the, the spectrum, let's say that's on the right side, all the way to the left side would be like the Franz Bosch, like, speed joint angle um load super 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 specific yeah 
And I think that the problem in the strength and conditioning world currently is that no one is capable of taking this and taking this and really bringing the it together. The two oppositions, right. hybridized, like taking the juxtapositions, putting them together, and not necessarily meeting in the middle. Just using them at different points. Yeah. Or recognizing them at different points, even in a week. That's the crazy part is it's like, dude, this this doesn't have to be like a long-term principle. This could be something that is more so done like, literally in a week on a day-to-day basis that you could even dial that in i yeah. was just thinking about it too what it, what is it like uh um, but that's a specific programming thing though too yeah like instead of saying oh we're only programming absolute strength movements right yeah, only yeah. squats only yeah. bench presses only compound movements yeah th- this goes back to that one that one research paper this was like six months ago that we talked about that was about concurrent training and like having like a dynamic system that focuses on power and strength versus just power or just strength it's like it works well together. Yeah. And if to that point, like that video you shared around like, oh, you're not trained. You can either have like weight li- uh, football players that are good weightlifters or good weightlifters that are poor football players. So I'm like, I'm doing a bad job of summarizing what it was. My thought immediately goes, especially since you mentioned Bosch. And I know the one thing on the main channel that's been a lot around like muscular development is neural adaptations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's like, well, if they're athletes and we want a smarter, more athletic body, wouldn't it be pivotal to give movements that require more neural adaptation to make them a better athlete? So it's like that same argument in that video, I feel like walks, it's like counters itself at the same time. Like, yeah, yes. 100%. Well, it's also like, I, I think that's the whole, like, that was my whole thought. And then I'm sitting there and I'm going like, okay, what are, like, things that have not been done or at least have not been done and eloquently expressed are, like, degrees of specificity. And, like, when are degrees of specificity needed? What are degrees of specificity? What are degrees of specificity related to, um, let's say, related to strength characteristics? So, I think the biggest thing to do is identify and this will help you avoid programming errors is you go, okay, here's the sport. Here's the top three strength characteristics. Now you work off this tree and you say, okay, these are the strength characteristics. What's the specificity of those characteristics? What are those? What's that entail? And then when should they be targeted within the training? And it's like, okay, muscle specificity, it's going to happen basically every pro every day, <clears throat> every day. You're going to use a muscle that you use in the, in, in your sport, uh-huh. but joint angle speed, you know, relation to like directly mimicking the, the exercise that you use, like for throwing, you could do like a medicine ball shot put or a baseball pitcher, a medicine ball shot put, uh, with the baseball stance. Like that's a sports specific movement. So like you could have, you can base all these things as like this next tree out of the strength characteristics. And then you start to identify the preparation for them in the time related to when you're peaking. And then I, <clears throat> that's what can, I've been thinking about a lot. So I saw a video, I think legend posted it on like a story. Um, he's in a glute ham developer more like to do a sit up, but he's not doing a sit up. He's holding like a static dumb, yep. with a dumbbell. Yep. And it's almost like it's, core work 
definitely. It's teaching the body how to coordinate the yeah, core yeah. through the, the arm. Yep. And he's doing it with both to like, well, it's single arm. It's unilateral to start. He but does he does it with sides, both sides yeah. to like keep away asymmetries type of thing. Yep. Um, and I'm looking at it and I'm like, I understand why he's doing it as a thrower. Like I see the the twist, the rotation there and like the breaking forces. And then I'm also like, but that's, to me, it's one, it's a sports specific movement, but at the same time, like it's a chunk of a sports specific yeah. movement yeah. that can be like sort of, I don't want to say replicated, but put in a unique situation that now the musculature needs to learn how to coordinate in a new way that when he's out in the circle, like the tra- the hypothesis is that it will transfer, that those muscles know how to coordinate from this other position of doing it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now take that. <clears throat> Let's play this game, and this is what I think we should be doing, and this is what, you know, talking with Trevor and actually Caitlin and DJ this morning, this is where I want to shift my role, is saying, use the legend video of him doing this rotation, and maybe, maybe Jason or, or Randy could splice this into this video of, of legend doing this, but him doing that, okay? But now, let's go backwards. Let's say that legend's in high school. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, the the person in high school, before they would do that exercise, the program or programs before, they could do like a Fowler exercise where you go tap, 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 throw. Then before you do the flat, the Fowlers, the next easy one would be like just a rotational plate twist. Okay. You know? And then the next one before that to go all the way back in time would now be an alternating V up. And then you go back even further. Well, now you're just doing a V up and then you go back even further. You're doing a hollow body rock or whatever, you know, and then you progress back to where legends at, but now you go to where legends at fast forward through time legends doing the rotation with the punch. Okay. Well now the next thing is maybe he does a drop dumbbell into a punch. And then maybe the next program, he does a standing medicine ball to try and connect that into a throw similar to the discus then the next step he does a jump into a throw then the next one he does a rapid rapid fire and now all of a sudden the specificity is he goes from it being dialed into just that one area uh-huh. you know to now he builds into standing similar to his movement to then more dynamic to then being at a higher speed to then being at a higher speed that re- really mimics the actual event that he's doing so it's like how how do we find that spectrum and how how do we establish that that spectrum of specificity and recognize at what point of careers do we really need to get super specific that point of career i think is a great point too from a programming standpoint right. cuz not everyone listening here is coaching you know national was legend a national or was he on the cusp? He got fifth at the Olympic trials. Yeah, fifth at the Olympic trials, yeah. right? So like he's a national finalist knocking on the door going to the Olympics. Like legit. Yeah. He discus w- he was the number one qualifier actually. So in the trials they have a day 1 and a day 2. Day 2 is what determines the team. From day 1, he had pole position. He was the number one qualifier. Yeah, so like to the specificity with the programming mistakes is like one thing that Dane was saying, but wasn't like the quiet part was that's not the proper exercise for yes, yeah, you're right. Yep. A younger athlete. Yeah. That's not the proper exercise for maybe even an intermediate athlete. A high school discus yeah. thrower or let's just say football player or somebody could get away with just doing the side medicine ball foulers, you know, or maybe they do like the plate twists. 
Like they could get away with doing that and they would be perfectly fine. Yeah. And it's understanding like what programming, like what dose do they need right now? Yeah. Like a newbie could get away with like five by five, probably back squat for a very long time. Dude, newbies could get away with snatch back squat or front squat and bench literally for five years yeah like <laughs> those are your three exercises <laughs> you can on do it lower body day you show up you snatch and you bet and squat. squat yeah and on upper body day you snatch and you bench and you bench <laughs> Yo, that'd be and, a great program and you could like <laughs> maybe the upper body snatch day you can do a variation a power of power snatch yeah yeah what and a great word. that's your program little i think the, and i think the fear minimal over, dose response <laughs> so so i think the fear over programs like that and when we get into the programming errors, that we're it would be cover, so effective. Everyone would be out of a job. It's so effective. And people are, af- but the, the issue here is people are afraid to give the same cues and the same reps. Like you could do eight sets of two, you know, 10 sets. Like, and people, I think one thing in the, that I see in the throwing world, I football is so guilty of this is they want to constantly give 900 cues that are so intricate and it's like dude keep it easy you're you're running a shuttle run like (laughs) take it easy here you don't need to sound smarter it's not that complicated like you're not like the the forces aren't even close to like the forces of a hammer throw like take it easy here i am loving this conversation but we got to keep it moving okay um um one of the things I you have a little pet peeve about, I've heard you say this, is about too many exercises oh, God, yeah. being programmed. Yeah. I think the most I've ever seen, and it's always on an upper body day. It's never on a lower body day. In one day from you might have been seven. I would say probably and maybe at some point eight if I did like four four supersets. If yeah, we're doing well, like that's what it was. Tries. It would be like when I saw seven, it was like no, I might have saw eight. It was technical coordination. Yeah, yeah. Absolute strength supersetted with a core movement. Yeah. Okay. Or it was a push pull. Yeah. Like uh pull ups and dips or something like that. Like right. hypertrophy day. It was always on that type of day. And then you would superset another set of accessories and then try set at the end. Yeah, yeah. So like it was just that's that's the, the most, most ever. By far. And it, by far and away. And it was usually like it was an oddity when it came up, something like that. Yeah. I would say five is pretty typical. Six, like here and there, but like five, five feels is the probably norm. Probably like eighty to eighty five percent. Um Yo, you know what I wanted to tell tell you oh, quick? Go ahead. Almost as like a <clears throat> a therapy session for myself is like <laughs> some of the stuff that I've been talking to you about with my job and and trying to get out of the business side of it and just work on the coaching part. Yeah. And that coaching part would in turn be an intricate portion of the business. Yeah. It's a, from if we want to get technical, it's a lot of the marketing. It's a lot of that, like hands on applied. Yeah. This is what we do. This is what it is. This is the content. This is what you're learning. This yeah. is, it's, it's coaching still legitimately. It's yeah. like, here, come and learn this. Yeah. What I've been thinking is I come up with an idea, okay? I have an idea of how I want to do something in training. I write the idea in the experiment sheet from Trevor. Uh-huh. We bring the 
idea and I might talk to you about it, may talk to Trevor about it, I might talk to Tamond and Legend and yeah. DJ about it and Izzy in some type of setting podcast possibly. I implement it and then we in training for the minimum were. <laughs> minimum of eight weeks. I can then possibly at that time we could talk about it on peak strength during the experiment follow up when the results are in and we sort of figure out where we're it sounds like a it. serial type of so then you take a session it of stuff and we maybe we talk about it on peak strength but then we would wait until it's into the app so another six months and then we could possibly do a full-length youtube video on it but it has to be in the app for it to be on the ah. gs channel Comment below what y'all think about I that I really idea. think that that's like a yeah. cool idea. I do too. It's a long process, but it would be a very precise way to actually have ideas. Well, it feeds into some things we got going on already from yeah. ideas around like serialization and yeah. stuff like that. Exactly. And then putting it on one channel creates like a beta test for it to bear fruit to go alpha with it and yeah. stuff too. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Let's look at these uh, programs. Dude, the we one got program up here. here might easily be the absolute worst. This program. is the one on the whiteboard over here, right? Yeah. The one program I'll comment on. The other one is, I, I first of all, I did want to bring something. This is one ABS abs in between incline bench three by ten. This high pulls three by ten lat pulls. So three in by, between three by each. 12. Superset or each exercise? Hyperextension back, 3 by 12 Clean, 3 by 12 I, I saw that. I was like, whoa. So the other thing that's interesting here is look at this. Like, Ball Okay, slams. so you're doing high pulls. Dumbbell curls. So what are you doing high pulls? Like, let's say you're doing clean high pulls. Two-minute run. For three this sets. This has of, to be, like, at some. This is the hands-down worst program I have ever seen in my entire life. Like, I'm not, dude, I've seen a lot of bad programs, like really bad programs. I've bought bad programs just to see people's like checkout processes that are horrible. This program is easily the worst program I have ever seen with my eyeballs, dude. It's terrible. Yeah, this one. What are you doing on a lap pull and right a here. back extension? And then, so you're going to be fatigued in your lats. You've already done high pulls. You're going to be fatigued in your back. And now we want you to go clean, but we don't want you to just do a set of right. cleans. We want you to just do a set of cleans at 12 reps. I'm going to be a pain in the butt here. But this isn't a CrossFit challenge. This is a... Oh, okay. This is an actual workout. This is not like a, yo, we're timing this and this is going to be our benchmark. My only other thought was, hey, I want to see how their, their cleans hold up under extreme fatigue like and this is me just being totally hypothetical trying to give it the benefit of the doubt this isn't like we're it's not like, training crossfit games athletes and my here, idea like, is like oh their back's tired from the the workout they did four hours yeah. earlier i want to simulate that real quick try to get an acute response to a fatigued back and see how do they hold up with their cleans under that like response I'm trying real hard. Also, like, lunge is spelled lung, which also bothered me. Lung. It wouldn't bother me, but it bothers me because lung is yeah. actually a word. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess I'm like reading this and I'm like, look. Two-minute run. Four by 25 push-ups, too. <laughs> why? So why the four by 25 push-ups when everything else is three by 12? 
Dude, there's a priority on push-ups here. We yeah. need more volume for the push-ups. I love I, telling people to do push-ups when they don't want to do... I, I just don't have any concept for what that could be used for. Like, I sort of see your point. If, like, you have somebody prepping for, like, a big... Pump. I don't think that was the intention. I'm just no. saying, like, if I'm going to go complete meta and try to, like... Yeah, that's not Over the, the top. It's easily the worst, the worst program yeah. I've ever seen. So this other program on the left. All right, I need to give this one some context. Okay, I think um, this is if I remember. This correctly. is from the Discord. Oh, okay. This is a uh, Adam. It's spelled a dumb. Okay. Um, can someone help me out a bit? I'm trying to find a perfect program I can stick with, mobility, strength, etc. I'm really skinny, 115, five nine. And I do football as a receiver corner and track for indoor and outdoor season. I'm not sure what workouts or anything I should be doing. I've been looking up random athlete workouts and just doing them, to be honest. I don't really know how to program all this stuff, so I'd really appreciate if someone could help. This is a two-day split. I just started following. Not sure if it's good or not. <clears throat> okay, so I guess my issue is there's... Well, first off, they should be doing a Lulu split with an athlete day in there probably get in the peak strength app to this is the ideal situations what we're gonna say um and when they need to like get their stomach full and some calories in them they can go and chew on a range bar yeah that's perfect yeah that's all right great now let's hear about this real quick dane i mean they could also get a three-day split inside of peak strength where the third day you could put in there that you're you don't have access to equipment so you just want to use yeah so this stuff. splits two days it says lower body upper body um, the lower body exercise, power clean, back squat, front rack, reverse lunge. So and, here's the part I don't understand. And then it just goes crazy with accessories. Like, well, and it's like, there's six accessories and there's, did you notice like there's, so let's say this, you do a clean and you're going to do two triples at 135. Okay. Two triples. Boom, boom, boom. Two sets. Then you're going to do two doubles at 185. You're going to do one double at 225. So you're ramping up clearly. Uh, you're going to, you're going to do two doubles now at 265. So that's the top end. Then you're going to go back and do a triple at 155, which is like 55%, 60%. Yeah. What is that drop set? That's so ridiculous. Like now it's not terrible otherwise, but I, I have questions around the loading. Then you get in the back squat. Okay, walking through this one set of five, one triple, one triple, one triple, one triple, one triple. Okay, it's just a ramp triple there. Yeah. So what is that? Seven sets or six sets of three? That or six. Five. Set, yeah. Five, five sets and threes. I, I don't think that that's terrible. Um, I think they started too late. Yeah. For like what I would what I where what I would consider the work and. Yeah. Yep. Now, I think this is the point of mass confusion. Is like. Right here, I would do that front rack reverse lunge and like one other exercise. Like you could get maybe maybe you could do front rack reverse lunge with like the kettlebell drop catch or or so those all look like that next thing looks like a triplet. Yeah, it, and it's all more dynamic. I just I guess I would have just loaded it with two accessories. And then probably just done like the calf raise ISO and be and call it a day right there. And you would get the same efficacy. Okay. Is that other stuff like ab stuff, the kettlebell bridge leg raise? Um, I, I'd have to see that because right now I'm thinking of someone in like a full wheel. What's, like, his, ex what's his sport? 
Um, track and field and football wide receiver. I was going to say, that's sort of kettlebell bridge leg raise. There's an exercise in one of the books up there, uh, fitness and strength training, that has a movement like that that sort of reminds me of like a uh, high jump movement. Okay. Um, let's look at the upper body Yo, quick. There was a beep. Yeah. Let's look at the upper body one. Yeah, so the upper body one. Overhead press, man of my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think for me Bent over rack row. How many sets? One, two, yo, three, four. I will say this. So so here's my here's my take on the bent over rack row. I actually think it's a freaking awesome lift. Um and you can load the shit out of that lift. So you just do it in a power rack. My problem is I actually think it's more of like a, a leg lift because I know you're you're doing rows. It's like a yeah. hater row that we used to do, but like your lower back and hamstrings get lit up. Can I just say I've never been a stickler for like Bent over form. Row. Yeah, no. No. Yeah. When it comes to curling, like if I can go heavier and I I'll get some heavier, English yeah. in it, yeah. I would do it. And I remember when I was older and someone who was younger saw me curling that way, like in a CrossFit gym. Oh, and they're like, yeah. you're supposed to do this. And I, and I just, I go, okay. I'm like, I'm going to curl like this. You curl, like, I'm not arguing with you. I was yeah. like, he's like, you're doing it wrong. And I go, hold on a second. And I just flexed and I go, I'm fine. Yeah. That's like, like, oh, I'm just yeah. like, I, I understand your argument. I don't want to talk about this. I don't yeah. feel like using the lighter dumbbell to do it. You do your way. Your biceps look fine. Like right, I'm right. not right. You're not wrong. Sorry, I just had that's a big one of mine. I think it's like okay, if if you're let's say you're a bodybuilder, there's a point to do cheat curls and there's a point when you want to do like crazy burnout iso iso freaking uh really concentrated controlled curls. Like one, you do cheat curls, you can get much greater load and if you're looking for t some type of muscular damage, slow eccentric with that is great. If you, let's say you're doing that, then you're looking for like really dialed in high rep metabolites, like do the isolation movement. Very perfect. But like to say, honestly, I was going to say to say one's better than the other. I actually think the cheat curls are better. Uh oh, like I actually, shots fired bodybuilders I, I actually, come at Dane's neck. <laughs> I actually think like, dude, like a bent over rack row. I do. People used to complain all of the time to me when I was in high school uh, cause I would lift my butt sometimes on the bench and I would be like, okay, so I benched 405 when I was in high school. And then I benched 315 for like eight reps with my feet up. And it's like, it's okay that I have, yeah. that I have that. I'm also a firm believer. This may be a little off with it, that there's a certain type of athlete who gets more English on things because they can coordinate more muscles. Yeah. And it's, this is complete conjecture i have i don't i haven't done a study on it but that sometimes you'll see an athlete use more muscles to do a movement because that's just how they're how wired they, yeah. to be more athletic yep like never is a wrestler going to pull with just their bicep no never no. i was like, actually just thinking about trevor was like that he would bench 405 for like five and he would be almost like squirming all over the place but he knew how to use everything he had yeah I was gonna say here, I, I I didn't comprehend like the back to the upper body day. Yeah, I would have put Adams. the muscle snatch first, 
that's going to be your fastest lift that you're doing on that day. And yeah, I the technical do, coordination movements yeah. are after the absolute strength movements, right? Yeah, and, and then my other issue is like, okay, so you got seven reps or seven sets of the overhead press. Then you've got six sets of the bent over rack row. Then you have three sets, so we're dropping down on the Look high Look at the hand. bench press sets. Then we the go end. back up on the bench press sets. It's like, so the bench priority, like, why not put the bench like why not just do like three sets you know, of the overhead press and come after the bent over you know row? what Dane? it's almost like if you got rid of the first three exercises it works yeah yeah to a point <laughs> maybe you take out that kettlebell side bends yeah but you could even go muscle snatch bench press superset it with the bent over rack row you know if you want to do big traps the high hang pulls are fine yeah uh skull crushers split leg kettlebell rotations i didn't get that either i didn't really understand that one all right Let's go to the freak of the week, dude. Yeah. Um, who do we got here? Who do we got? Let me read oh, the. I think I saw this dude. I think. Um, Joseph jo Joseph Hodge. Here's some of my favorite lifts. I was inspired to try the push up height test after last week's podcast. I'm five eleven, two ten, D one A rugby player. Oh, nice. I'm very curious to see what you guys think. Um, so let's start with this box jump. How high does that look? Is that twenty eight? Are those twelve? Or 16, those green ones. Looks like a 16. It's up around his nipple, like collarbone. Yeah, so let's say that's probably 48 inches. Let's see how easy it is. Looks like a decent gym. It looks like yeah. a college gym, I guess. He had to, it looks like he came out and into it with the, Let me see the hip mobility. It's, I mean, obviously he's got pop. Yeah. Yeah, maybe those are two 12-inchers. Yeah, that, you know, see how it's just like a little shaky? That's my biggest problem with those foam boxes. Oh, the foam ones are not good there? Yeah. It's, it's much more confident, though. Your shins aren't going to. Yeah, it's safer. It's definitely safer, but at the heights, it's not. You need someone holding on. Yeah, but um, I would say, wait, let me see his counter movement there, like how far he drops and his arm swing. Does Two, I don't want to, I'm going to preface this. It looks a little slow. Like it hiccups in the. Like he's slow. Okay. Yeah, I, you you're see, saying he's slow, drop, drop, drop. He's slow. And then he goes. Yeah. So he's got really good concentric force. Could get better at like the drop and go. Yeah. So maybe try that. Hodge, I, I would say, I mean, obviously you've got pop. Yeah. No, he can move. Get a little bit of like, think like, stay just above 45 degrees and see if you can get a little quicker drop. And I bet you you're going to get even higher. So part of my thought now, rugby player, the counter movement's not in there, if you will, in a scrum, right? It's probably already there because yeah, they're you just, already there. You're there and you go. So yeah, that so might the, make sense. It may. Yeah. Like, it's gonna help him with a jump though. All right, I'm gonna let's stick with the plyometrics. Let's look at this. Uh, this uh, is still him, right? Yeah, this is all him. Okay. Let's look at the boxes. All right, come on. Okay, 32 inches. That's pretty <laughs> good. Yeah, that's good. I wonder what he benches. His quads look pretty good. Yeah, he is. His quads look. It, he has a rugby build. Like you could yeah. see it. Like that fullback. I want to watch that again. So, yeah, and the thing that you know, Trevor. You bring it up, Trevor. He used to crush these. And one thing I want to bring up is like, you've got to get your shoulder girdle that high, 32 inches. Like, it, you're not cheating it. Yeah. So you got to get it high and you got to be reactive. So, like, that's freaking. 
top. And the mobility too. Like you can yeah. see it. Like the Yeah. And now think about that kick. force in a in a stiff arm or something like that. Dude, like, it hurt. Yeah. No, that's good. That's I think it's pretty awesome how like Wait, let's see his counter movement on his upper body. How he drops there. Oh. That's pretty similar. Not yeah. super fast. Dude, his shoulders cool. are way above that too. Yeah. No, like he's good. not like just getting his hands out and catching it. Like he's can over Hodge, it. Can he dumbbell bench the hundreds for fifteen to twenty? Ooh, I want to know. Putting it out there to you. He's in the Discord, so okay. they're, they're, and he knows about it. He probably listened. So yeah, we got this. Is pretty impressive. That jump was high. The I think I'm I am more impressed with the upper body one right that's now. That's twitchy, and that's mainly because I come from a camp where I've seen Jake box jump yeah yeah that's true and that's no offense to people with skills jake's like Dude, now that i'm thinking about it 10 I, in the world i bet you i bet you that might be a 50 to a 52 inch box jump because that might be okay a 28 with two 12s which is crazy and this looks like 325 on is the bar in this he's gonna do something cool with it dude you realize like when when I grew up, just so you know, the shoes are required there, Earl. When I grew up, like, if you clean 315, dude, you're like an absolute legend. Like oh. a total legend. Did you see how many hits he took of the smelling salts there? Oh, he's going to crush this. Look at his erectors. He's, he's a big dude. He's, he's going from the hang. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, shit. He low hanged that clean. <laughs> That's three twenty five. See, see, he go may back. have powered, dude. Watch how high this is. Yo, too. we gotta get you a little less thick belt, Hodge. Yo, that those things, that's look at where he catches it. Yeah, that's pretty good technique on the pole. It's a little forward, but like he because he jumps back a little, he gets on his toes. But like that's a nice lift, dude. Dude, that's probably three twenty five. And he like sits. He sits really nicely. I think that's a power. Well, he rides it down though. No, that's a power, that's dude. A power. That is a power. Hodge, I'm not, I'm on your side here, but I I don't think it's a power. This power, is, nah. Look at that. Look. It's actually not far off. It, it's power, nah, which is close enough to be a power yeah. in my book. So I I wanted to go back and look at when he lowers it. Where he's at when he turns around. Dude, that's a heavy clean. What are what he weighs? Right there. Okay, so that's like that's where I think that Look at his traps too. They yeah. go right into his neck. He's yoked. Meathead, dude. You saw him <laughs> ripping that freaking ammonia, dude. He you know he's getting out playing. He's probably he might be that kid too when he's playing. He doesn't talk trash, but he's like grunting and like yeah. saying the f word like all the time uh i'm sorry if you don't do that but um one i think you got unbelievable strength i think you move great here i want to know i would say like your counter movement on the vertical jump could be just slightly high to where you are on this clean when you turn around but a little quicker because you have the strength to do this yeah you've got that's dude. solid dude uh, that's this is what I want to say. Like, dude, when I was even in college, like when you would have guys ripping three fifteen cleans, like it was such a big deal. And it's like, because it it is a big deal. 
until you come to garage strength but well it's like <laughs> now it's like that stuff's happening constantly and like he's it looks like he's training in like you know a, a commercial yeah. gym setting or probably at the, the shoes must be worn you can't yeah. deadlift in your bare feet dane right that's true no so i love that that's that's a great lift yo that was awesome Joseph a true Hodge. freak of the week. Freak of the week. Absolute freak of the week. He gets a three times this week. He was at like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah, like, that was good. With three that, videos. I'm, I'm excited. I want to see him bench. All right. <laughs> Hodge, you hear that? Discord. He might be freak one of those of guys that's got a terrible bench. No pecs. Go go put the bench on. I don't have a peck. <laughs> and the other one's like slightly there. Dude, I've been working on it. It's, I've it's... been making improvements. <laughs> I'm pumped about it. Yeah. All right. Overrated, underrated. You ready for this? Yeah. You got a rapid fire. Um, traditional contrast training methods, overrated, underrated. I think it's underrated. I don't think people use it enough. Yeah, more yeah. of it. Yeah. Especially, I know we're in discussions. There's new content coming around. Yeah. Around like a very unique way. Yeah. Dane has been using like a contrast training uh, mm -hmm. around loading, right? Yeah. I guess to say it. And, yeah. yeah. Um, for neurological adaptations, it's pretty cool. So, like, stay on the lookout for that stuff within the like content um tempo contrast training i mean it's underrated because no one uh, no one does it do you, you want to should i quick explain it yeah like like pause squats into unbroken squats yeah um and slow I, eccentrics into fast like and i think that's that's almost like a variable of what or what what i was talking about the what you were just mentioning is an extension of a to uh, tempo contrast. Yeah. And I think that that's like one thing, like if you can have an umbrella of contrast and you're looking at garage strength contrast, which is going to be like reflexive work, traditional, which is just going to be like a s absolute strength with a plyometric basically. And then you look at the tempo contrast. Now we're looking at slow eccentric or a pause. And then you go boom, boom, boom. I think, and then you would, you would pair that also. Didn't we? Weren't we pairing those? If with yeah, you you can even do it with the variation too. You could do like, I believe the way you laid it out, the way you were talking about it was like, hey, I have guys like ramp a heavy pause, yep. and then we'll drop down yeah. and hit them broken. Hammer, hammer, hammer. And like one thing I wanted to even bring up. Uh, this is not necessarily a contrast, but like South Dakota State right now, they're doing auditory commands every twenty five seconds for five sets. And then they rest for two minutes and then they do normal without the auditory command. And everybody's sort of saying like, yo, this is, this is cool. And it's like, you can get really creative with. Yeah. The one creates like an asymmetrical, like a, a rhythmic type yeah, of like yeah. when to do it. So yep. you're under the bars on your back or the bars on your chest, whatever Versus like, I'm trying to get it done fast. Yeah. Um, yep. uh, last one, GS contrast training. <laughs> underrated because no one's doing it i think that's another one where it's like i want to say no one top elite athletes on the cutting edge of like program design yeah and they the garage are strength methodology are doing yeah it. they're doing it but no one outside of you know it's like th this is where i think the 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 gray area the realm of what we were t talking about earlier in the podcast of like okay if you're all the way on the right here it's just strength training is just gpp if you're already all the way on the left here Strength training is like specific work. You know, this is where they can sort of meet and intermingle in this 
and this vortex or whatever you want to call it. And that's where the, the, the garage strength contrast method is. Um, you want to do the either or move on? You tell me. I have it ready to go. Whatever. I'll do it. All right. Inspect the decks opening verse and oh, triumph. Geez. Or ghost faced uh, killers opening verse and bring the ruckus. Uh, triumph. I have to go with that. That every single lyric that I would venture to say that that might be the greatest hip hop song of all time. Uh, especially Inspector Dex opening Zarfix. It's it, so good. It's just like I'm glad you got away from the Homer and made the right choice this time. <laughs> like the whole thing is like. You're not wrong if you would have said the other one. You're just not as right. Yeah, and it's also like, dude, for I, I don't care if you like indie hip hop, like you're into like MF Doom hard, and 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 it, no matter what you listen to, if you hear Triumph, it's like this is the song. Yeah, uh, not nothing against every other song ever made. They're all amazing. Yeah, but taking this, them back to '73, dude. The lyrics, the the beat, the just how each verse connects to the next yeah so good also i love songs without a chorus like yeah it, it makes things cool yeah you they see, just thought a little bit more you ever see the king of the hill episode when Boomhauer talks to bob dylan no you just you talking about people not in a course and then apparently uh, my brother was telling me the other day i think it's on family guy there's an episode where it's bob dylan tom waits and cookie monster all talking together oh Try- nice yeah uh, I don't know where I'm going with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, what were you talking about? <laughs> chorus, no lack of chorus. La- yeah. And Bob Dylan writes songs that yeah. lack chorus. Yeah. It's like just story all the time. Um, Hurricane Carter, that song yeah. I think has. Here like, comes the story. Yeah. Although I guess that is the chorus. Yeah. It's more that. like a refrain, though. He changes the lyrics yeah. a lot, like in them. All right, audience questions, and we're done. And okay. then you can get to the live. Okay. So the first one is probably going to be like, why didn't you start the live yet? Uh, Keist oh, nice. <laughs> from the Discord. Um, why do you feel poop the day after junk food like MCD, Burger King, and so on? It's not like the food aren't energy dense. No, but I think it's like the it's like digesting it. I think your body spends a little bit more energy uh, to digest it. I think there's probably something the potentially the chemicals or whatever however they're processing it processing it that makes you feel that way maybe there's a very large amount of sodium as well or a large amount of something that is just it's disrupting your your digestion um 63 dreamer from reddit coming from someone who recently got into mma two questions actually um does peak strength mma combine exercises that transfer both to grappling and striking yes Yes. Um, and then, is it possible to combine my bodybuilding powerlifting program with peak strength program? Excuse me. I want to do exercises that will transfer to my sport, but as well continue my regular gym routine as I feel it will not be entirely focused on hypertrophy and strength, and I want to increase maxes on my top lifts. Yeah, you could do that, but I would just keep it to like four total lifts a week if you're really dialing in your MMA. If you don't want to really focus on your MMA, then just pile on the peak strength i think it's just dependent upon how much time you want to spend in the gym but in a sport like that where there's a lot of technique i would yeah be on the lookout yeah we have something coming around wait that's in the future which one mat strength stuff oh yeah all right that's all that's that was a good freak of the week though yeah great freak of the week hodge i'm going to see everybody in the live in 15 minutes peace